Go. Is that you counting me in? <laughs> yes. Three, two, one, go. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I hate people say late. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and I did it. Welcome. Oh, how very so, non-binary, non-PC are you, man? Oh, God. No, it's just it sounds a bit 80s Saturday morning TV. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. All right, boys and girls. Anyway, boys and girls, welcome <laughs> to the big 3-0. That guy's a maniac. The podcast episode 30. We are here to middle-aged gamers rambling about games from 10 years ago not talking about anything that's coming out with some stale takes and some bitter lemons <laughs> uh, i'm <laughs> your host farley aka kanzi11 i am joined by my fantabulous assistant richie <laughs> and richie <laughs> oh no way <laughs> yeah hi uh, hi got something different lined up for you today but first where can you find the that guy's a maniac brand richie well we are branded at that guy's a maniac all one word and we are available on all the social medias such as your twitters your instagrams your youtubes and your Facebooks. Um, yeah. At That Guy's yeah. a Maniac. Yeah. Uh, that Guy's a Maniac. Why did he bite me? And we just could bring you this content for free. The talent costs money. Uh, who helps us in this mission, Richie? Well, this week, the lovely folks at the mega corporation of Bowser Oil are here to service all of our... Um, destroying the Mushroom Kingdom's fossil fuels needs. Bowser Oil. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Bowser Oil, for uh, destroying the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, what are we talking about this week? So this week we are going to have a little chat about a rather contentious point, at least a contentious point between Farley and myself. Which is about the price of games. Now, I want to take you back to a little time when the Switch had been released and there was talk and tale of a little game, you might not have heard of it, called Resident Evil 4, which came out, oh, I don't know, what was it, 2006? Um, but on the Switch, they decided to re-release it. Now... I I jonesed a little bit. I was thinking, you know what? I quite fancy playing Resident Evil 4. I already own it on 19 other systems. I think I'd 2005 like... 2005 came out. 2005, okay, good. Thanks thanks to my lovely assistant there for pointing out that point. Point. Well, you knew you were going to talk about it. You I couldn't have Googled Resident Evil 4. No, I, I, I don't even do five-minute prep anymore. <laughs> Weird, because it doesn't show. <laughs> uh, right, stop it. Right, what was my train of thought? We were talking. That was, Resident... for, that was for the Nintendo GameCube 2005. Okay, cool. Right, great. Maybe I was talking about the PS2 version, which came out in 2006. 
let me just check what the <laughs> There you go, listeners. This is the best quality airwaves being filled up. Oh, excellent. We even get to hear your PC making noises. (laughs) Unfortunately, the word playtation does not appear (laughs) on the Wikipedia page for Resident Evil 4. Oh, well, well, there we go. So it never got released on on the playtation. No. uh, (laughs) 2000 and... Seven was the Wii version. Okay. PlayStation was 2004. What? 2005, sorry. Alright, okay, cool. Right, fuck it's it. The same year. That doesn't Crazy. seem right. That does not seem right. I remember there was like so much gumph about that being the. Oh, fuck it. Anyway, my point being was Resident Evil 4 recently got released. Subsequently, it was released on the Wii. On the switch. Can, can we? Can we just let me get through this point? No, I, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm wanting you to get back to the place we were. So I'm deliberately uh, just annoying you until then. I think that's it. Okay, good. Carry right. On. Okay. What are you saying? Resident Evil Four was released on the switch, and despite my desire to almost play it or want to play it on the switch, or even just own the fucking game for yet another platform. I was a little grumpy about the fact that it was released at something like, and again, I didn't do the research, don't fucking start, uh, but it was released at something like £19 or something like that. And I was a little bit miffed that a game that came out in 2005, thanks Farley, was coming out on the Switch at a very high premium when you can actually already buy it for other platforms such as the PS4 or the Xbox One or even the PC for a fraction of that price and like you know it's like a five or five six quid or something like that you know um and I thought this is a ridiculous amount of money to be bringing it out on the switch for that that amount um, so that that bothered me quite a bit. Fifteen ninety nine. Fifteen ninety nine. Okay, fifteen ninety nine on the switch. So it's a, it's a tenner extra basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we've referred to 18. this. Eighteen ninety nine on the PlayStation Four. What? It's eighteen ninety nine on the PlayStation Four. Bullshit. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. It was like six quid or something. No way. Okay. Then, well, you're just sort of fucking over my entire point here. Um, <laughs> so, three pounds. Three pounds more expensive on the yeah. <laughs> the PS4. Yeah. How okay. do you, you get as a Scottish man outraged <laughs> at the price of games? <laughs> well... Okay, like, uh-huh. if we take yeah. Resident Evil 4 on the, <laughs> the Steam, on the Steam, uh, fuck it, I, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't spend more than a tenner on this game. Um, okay. I must have been fucking sales and shit like that. But my point was, there is always, there is a difference for paying um, that much Three money. Pounds. 
1999 I think at the time it was released on the Switch, there was yeah. a solid Capcom sale on the go. <laughs> so there was... It was like 6 quid versus 20 quid. I was raging purely because Resident Evil 4, it's an old game, coming out of the Switch again, 20 quid. It's a bit much for the same game over and over. You know? But yeah, I was a little angry at the price of it when it first came out, and I thought, it isn't worth paying this amount of money again. And I felt like it's a case of this game is old, it's only been ported. Why are we paying almost like a premium just to play it on another platform? Three, uh, three pounds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That premium. Um, but that being said, I still feel it should be cheaper in general for an older game. Now, you know, it's a good game, don't get me wrong. I still think the prices should be lower. Um, but to this um, event, which has been so beautifully reconstructed uh, for the listeners... <laughs> Um, I in general, what happened with that was you got angry with me for expecting the things to be cheaper, and you were saying things like, "Then just don't buy it. Just don't buy it. You don't need it. Don't buy it. Doesn't matter. It's not your problem. That's how much it is. You don't need to buy it if you don't want it." Which is a very, very, very fair point. But my <laughs> my my grumpy nature was like, but I kind of want that game, and I would buy it even just to fucking own it, rather than even play it again. But I would prefer it at a much lower price point, and I kind of feel like it should come in at a lower price point. Do you, do you hear how <laughs> mental you are? No. <laughs> that- that game is too expensive for me to buy and never touch. <laughs> but I want to buy and never touch it. Outrageous. It's a very extreme example. I know what you're saying, but the price of games is definitely an issue. That has... All right. How do you see that take? You remember when we were grumpy, and I know, yeah, yeah. I was in a, I was in a bar, um, <laughs> waiting for a friend to turn up, and we actually got, <laughs> which rarely happens in our, in our friendship, and, and we've, we've had a few things happen, <laughs> but yeah, we, we both really got eggy with each other, um, about it, and I think my point was, uh, that uh, coming out on the Switch means it's portable. Right, so I remember taking the piss out of you because you were saying, "Oh, it's blah, blah, it's only four pounds on PC or whatever," yeah. and I was, like, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, you know, bring your PC and your keyboard and your monitor along on your commute 
then if you want to save five pounds uh, and i'll just be playing it on my switch um so the switch in particular has this thing where you can play games anywhere right which was which was much more of a compelling option when the fucking joy constant fucking drift uh, all the time um so you are getting something extra um, when it comes out on the switch however i'm not too convinced uh i don't think that argument's too important um yeah, it depends if you if you don't get tv time and you only play the handheld switch or you only have the new switch then you know that's fine we've never been able to play resident evil 4 on the go before um and then the other point was uh, which i think is where perhaps we're going to have more room to discuss is just the insanity of the pricing of games right so resident evil 4 widely acclaimed uh as one of the you know the the best games um of all time there's a reason why it's been ported it still holds up the reason why you wanted to buy it and the reason why i wanted to buy it um was because you know you're oh yeah i like resident evil 4 you put it on and then you forget how brilliant it is uh and all the different areas and, and, and stuff like that and and it's just uh bizarre modern uh, assumptions about how much games should cost uh, that, that is all tied up with how cheaply you can get some games and not the fact that this is you know a work of art or not tune in to last week's no not last week's two weeks ago's podcast weeks ago's for further yeah um <laughs> Uh, that's very good. It was put together by a huge team um, that spent however much on it, uh, and so as a as a product, as a very good product, as a highly acclaimed product, um, there's no reason why it should arbitrarily be cheaper just just because uh, it's it's old, um, you know. And if you apply that same logic to to uh, books and films right you should be able to pick up the classics uh the entire <laughs> works of shakespeare for a quid uh or you know re-releases of uh the godfather right i don't know why we use these two examples over and over again maybe yeah. imaginative. <laughs> uh, but the godfather trilogy should be three pounds um because it's old uh, and it's not new well i mean uh, that, that that actually does stand reasonably well because you do find that um especially with movies that have like made their way to netflix and or indeed prime where you can still rent them and things like that the older ones do tend to get a lesser price you know um and, yeah. and you also yeah. find special edition remastered versions for 200 quid yeah, 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 yeah. whatever uh, and so there's a bit of that when you when you play things on a new system as well. But yeah, I mean, the tough thing with it all is like because we lived in that transitionary period between games actually being published and distributed on hard media, and now everything being just sort of digital, or mostly digital. Um, it still bothers me that there is. Um, some kind of subsidy happening especially in the world of um, Nintendo Switch as well like you can buy 
um, sometimes the physical version on release for less than you can the digital version on release for the Switch. And I have just no fucking clue what is happening there, why that's happening. Like, if you're going to pay for the, you know, the hard copy, surely you should be paying more? You know, because you have to factor it in? Or is that just basically everybody who buys the digital version is subsidising the ability for people to get a hard copy? What the hell? You know, that that bothers me. Like, there there isn't a consistency there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and in fact, in fact we're seeing the, you know, the... F- fully going the other way with uh, companies like Limited Run Games uh, which are selling uh, physical copies to do with a box and often an art book, a postcard, a badge or whatever but they're they're turning games which previously were not available physically into physical games Um, and if you jump onto uh, the various communities on Reddit and Instagram, there's this whole community of people who who are really into buying limited edition physical copies of games um and basically just displaying their shelves yeah 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 no i know just like shelves and shelves so yes in that case the, the physical copy is way 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 more expensive than digital copy and in some cases you know coming out five years uh after it originally released um then, you know because they have to do licensing and stuff like that but i do think I mean, yeah, I think those are special cases. Those are special limited edition ones. I'm talking about Pokemon Sword Shield on release. It was actually cheaper to get and buy the hard copy version of it rather than just get the digital version from the Nintendo store. I mean, that makes no sense to me. You know, not special edition or anything else like that. It was just, just straight up... Um, you know, we're selling this for £38, whereas if you want to buy it on the Nintendo store, it's 45 And you're like, what the fuck? Where, where, where is this coming from? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's always going to be uh, there's always going to be retailers who, could, who can if on launch weekend, um, they are a couple of quid uh, cheaper um, then, it, then it just drives sales their, their way. Uh, relatedly, when I used to work in the bookshop, um, it was around the time that... Uh, I don't really know Harry Potter that well. The fat Harry Potter book came out, <clears throat> the one with the phoenix on the back. Uh. Um, so I worked at a commercial um, bookshop, an academic bookshop, and basically the entire book industry... Uh, was hanging on the latest Harry Potter uh, release. And then when your super huge supermarket, like, you know, Asda, was able to knock two quid off the price of Harry Potter, you know, the, the rest of the book industry was just was just trembling. Cause it's like, well, that's us fucked then. That's our, that's our big number one thing this year. Everyone's just gonna go straight to Asda. And because Asda's not just a bookshop, they can they can knock two quid off um, and, and, you know, during the launch window, we've just completely lost however many hundreds of thousands of copies that we bought in. It's kind of so like that, uh, that. that's like uh, how Cineworld just went bust because they were waiting and hanging on the new James Bond film coming out. Didn't come out. Yeah. Oh well, that's us. We're done. <laughs> yeah. But I do, 
I do think, um, and I, we compl- I've complained about this a lot on the on the That Guy's a Maniac blog, uh, uk <laughs> a number of times, um, because this ridiculous price war um, essentially means that games, especially in the UK, especially especially England, just don't have any visibility on the on the high street anymore. Right, it's not viable to be in the business of selling games. Um, game, we 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 don't really have game spot uh we have game the big chain game um which periodically collapses and they shutter their stores and then game stop again. not game spot game spots the, the the website i think <clears throat> what's the other one GameStop. there was another one no there was GameStop, and then there was another one that we had a few stores anyway yeah it's now no longer possible and i remember seeing this when i lived in central london uh, we really saw the transition from um, had a handful of uh, independent game stores, including one which was around the corner from Future Publishing. So you'd get all these um, preview discs with you know big bold letters in the front saying "Not to be sold." So you could go and pick those up. <laughs> the guys at Future Publishing who've been scalping them, uh, and you could get your you know you could get your retro stuff you could pick up your mega drive things and you go down the road and there was zavi and there was the big hmv and then there was um another game another big game an arcade and then another indie store and i remember within about 12 months all of those shut down um i think the last one being hmv which then occasionally reopens uh in the center of london and then shuts down fop as well i get oh they didn't really do games the fop are dead as well yeah, I know but they keep coming back to life <laughs> and, and then dying again. Um, but in any in any case, it and it, it, it just seemed like because I I really I think having a presence on the high street is really important um, for the kind of this you know the mainstream idea that games are something that is a fine thing to do, uh, and when it just completely disappeared. Um, you know, it just, it just loses that visibility. But I, I was fighting against the grain. I was actively inconveniencing myself right up until the end to try and get things on the high street. Um, yeah, and you'd end up, uh, you know, you'd end up, they'd end up not having stuff in. So I remember it's timely actually because Pikmin 3 Deluxe is just coming out on the Switch. I remember when Pikmin 3 originally came out and God knows what system. Is that Wii, Wii U? I'm going to say we. Um, yeah, and I think did they put anyway. Uh, and I remember being excited about it. And on launch day, went to my local game store. Um, you know, asked them about it. They kind of had no idea that it was even out or coming out. They definitely didn't have any copies. I think one of the shop assistants said, "No, it's not out yet." Um, and I was like, "Well, you know, this this just could have been sat at home um, now." I thought I'd transport the high street, and not only is it not here, um, but you know they also don't really seem to have an idea about it. And I know Pikmin Three is not a huge, huge release, but so yeah, and so that that saddened me somewhat to kind of see the death of the death of the high street. Um, but I think it is also combined with this just ridiculous notion of of um, the pricing of games. And, and I think when we fell out a little bit about it, I think one of the points I raised was. Um, it, it's, it's insanity there is an inf- near infinite amount of content out there and as we talked about a couple of weeks ago 
uh, you know, you could, if you bought yourself a Switch or a PlayStation or uh, the new Xbox, you could quite easily fill hundreds of hours with free to, free to play or free to start games. Um, I never really need to buy another game. Um, and to me, that just, there's something gone wrong in games publishing. <laughs> yeah. The way to make your game huge is to make it free um, and try and recoup some costs uh, either you know either through microtransactions or just by having a monopoly right just by being the the biggest game uh and so you get all the eyeballs on it um, yeah to be honest we, we we see eye to eye on free to play in most situations i i i dislike them for slightly different reasons you you like i delve into it knowing well that there is a loop and there is a means to get you addicted and make as frictionless an experience as possible to get you to pay money as opposed to there being a game whereas you will ooh, a pokemon game it's free i'm going to play the free to play version to death <laughs> you know it's like you approach it from the game i go in there with sort of like trepidation and i i know that there's going to be that filthy mechanic um of just trying to to onboard you and yeah, that sort of level then we've not for some i mean you know those those are definitely <clears throat> out there and and uh you know we will come become aware of the idea of the whales right so you make something free yeah. with a few microtransactions and, and it's the handful of people who who go fully yeah, in. Yeah, the South Park episode explains it really, really yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but on top of that, there are also fantastic full free-to-play games. So the one I'm thinking of in particular is Warframe. Um, yeah, which is, is thousands of hours and... Uh, you're not. It's not. It's no. It's not really scummy in the um, in the way that you know you, you can get to level eight. That will be great. And then there's a difficulty spike, and 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 you're like, oh, you know, keep bouncing off of it. Um, it's not structured in that way at all. Uh, it, it, you never need to make a purchase. Um, so yeah. And Does it have ads? Because that, that's the other big thing that, especially on mobile, is yeah. But yeah, on mobile, it's just like, now it's just play the game for 1.7 se- or 1.7 minutes, and every 1.7 minutes, a ad will appear, which you have to watch for 30 seconds. Yeah. No, and that's no, it, that. you know? Yeah, no. Just okay. a fully fudged game. Uh, and you can pay for uh, the new content as it comes out but if you wait long enough inevitably most of it kind of comes to you as a play you can also play for pay for um you know getting your guild insignia image uh accepted uh, what about leveling um, and sort of nope. mechanics there's no no paying for like a better weapon to sort of move you up to your mates levels and things like that or something no not really um they're quite generous with you know, there's like a daily login bonus, um, so they'll hand occasionally they'll hand out you know some EXP or gold buffs, and you'll be like, hmm, I could buy some of these, um, 
but they hand them out, you know, regularly. You know, it, it's yeah. It's okay. Not scuzzy and particularly scummy, and again, that's a game that you can. But I, I, I feel like that is an exception. Uh, more than anything else because 99% of everything else out there that is free is going to be done with a very smooth don't get me wrong it doesn't it's not like it's not like scummy scummy but it's more like smooth and behind the scenes definitely psychological manipulation to get you to have a frictionless experience so that you can spend those monies to, you know, to make the game, um, you know, to make the game money or in whatever fashion yeah. it wants, you know. So that's that's where we are. But I'm kind of more interested in, in how we how we got here, because as with the Resident Evil Four example, um, and as we uh, as we know, it takes years, and uh, normally a whole group of people. Uh, working to put a game together um, and then I distinctly remember <laughs> I distinctly remember and then he taps because he can't remember one of the new Tomb Raider games coming out um, and so when it came out it was you know whatever thirty four ninety nine, and within the week I think not even seven days had passed and it was uh, 10 pounds you know available for 10 pounds hard wow. copy uh, yeah this is before digital had really had really kicked off and to me that's just insane right and, and then and then that's that's that is okay it's make or break I guess this is before games as a service really taking off it's make or break on launch weekend yeah so all the time and effort that we put into making this game uh, and then we've got I don't know 70% 80% 90% of our full price sales on the launch week and then a long tail uh, which which doesn't really help us uh, we, you know we either make or break on that on that first kind of sale yeah which is obviously unsustainable but I mean I think what you were sort of touching on earlier like uh, it's like why did we get here and and it's purely about distribution i mean obviously um in the past in those ancient days where you would buy physical media and there wasn't a means for you know um digital distribution in whatever form it may be even if it was blown across you know modems playing Duke Nukem or whatever it was it is now just all about you know like that transition from physical media to digital media but when you move to digital you lose not only the fact that you own something but there's something less physical as well um, well, obviously, there's something less physical because it's not yeah, physical it's, anymore. It's yeah. the entire product. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. But that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> that transition and move to um, digital distribution, and like that is where people then had to start trying to find their means of making money. Yes, you can go through Steam. You could still go 
to the Pirate Bay, I'm sure, as well. Um, but it's just kind of a case of, like, the way that companies are trying to make their money back and yet you're still just paying for the right to play that game on a platform as opposed to owning the game. So like when you buy a game on Steam or Epic Store or Microsoft Xbox Store or whatever, all you're doing is buying the right to pay for play that game for the time that that store exists. You know, so the moment Valve and Steam disappear, you're going to be placed in the position of, uh, oh well, you can't have your games anymore. <laughs> um, I'm sure there are, you know, digital distribution rights and things like that, but I think that's going to be covered in terms and conditions. But, like, the thing is, and what weirds me out as well, is you're you're only paying for that right. You get the the code, you get the game that has been duplicated 90 million times all around, whereas I think with the physical media, you felt a little bit special in that you owned one of however many were made. Do you know what I mean? I suppose that's where that... Um, just bring it back round to your limited edition ones, you know, these guys who take digital games and make them into physical games. Yeah. yeah to a certain extent. I mean, it's quite... It's quite I think it's why I ended up becoming more of a Nintendo gamer than, than uh, in earlier console generations, definitely. Um, is because, you know, and everyone's grumbled. This, this is what really makes me scratch my head you know, everyone grumbled about um, this you know this slow move to digital um, but at least on your switch uh, you have those games right you don't have there's no unless it's an online game um, uh, you download that game and that game sits on your switch as long as your switch works you'll be able to play that game um, whereas some of these other um, ways of doing digital are really tied into uh, um, you know the game being live and you paying for subscription. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> subscription is a very good argument, which we haven't touched on yet as well. No, <laughs> no. But I, I would just, just to kind of uh, finish up on, on, uh, on talking about physical games. I think that, in addition to what you were saying about, you know, now you just kind of, you, you kind of long term rent your game. Um, and uh, you know, every now and then, uh, the, the switch or the server farm <clears throat> gets turned off here, there, and everywhere, and, and uh, then it's just a case of keeping your hardware going. Um, whereas, uh, you know, as long as you've still got the disc <clears throat> in good condition, and your PlayStation, your PlayStation Two, and your N sixty four, and your GameCube, um, you can steep kill steep steep kill. You steep kill. You can kill the steep. Keep, still keep going back to them. Um, but the real tragedy, I think, or some of the the extra layers of tragedy, I guess, um, with physical games are without with the loss of physical games. One, um, <clears throat> you can't just share them anymore like you used to. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there are ways to share your games now, and, and even PlayStation offered that ability to share playing. But yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and then without the brick and mortar stores, and this is why I get so angry about the, the lack of retail, is you don't get that sense of, um, you know, like you used to, going in and being able to browse, right? Um, yeah. You don't really know what you want. Um, so, you know, you're having a flick through and you'll go and have a look at the, you know, GBA games and you'll find a special Japanese import section and you go, oh, I know nothing about this game. Look at this kooky cover um, and this ridiculous title. I'll pick it up. Now we're just relying on, um, <clears throat> on you know, digital storefronts, which just are not the same. And there's been pages and pages and pages written about, uh, uh, you know, essentially why some of these games do these deep, deep cuts to try and get on the front page of the digital store um, and then that way x many people picking your game up at 10% of the cost is way yeah. is, is way better than uh, you know 1% of people picking up at uh, um, 100% of the cost and then the last point I guess on on, on physical is uh, like with those independent stores like with those retro stores where they still exist um, is you can enjoy and browse the whole history of gaming because obviously if you're reliant on these proprietary current format digital stores um, essentially you're you know you're locked down to you're locked down to what you can buy and play on this system um, rather than the full kind of spectrum of games in the same way that you can walk into like a you know an indie record store or a bookshop. Um, unfortunately, you can't walk into DVD stores anymore because they don't really exist. Um, but you have the whole kind of uh, history of the medium and not just the latest thing um, that you're being sold. And so yeah. with that disappearance... Um, yeah, as you're yeah. speaking, you're, and just very quickly interrupt, you just, I, I feel we're talking in exactly the same way as, as these vinyl files talk about like um, how great records sounded and how good it was to own a record album and and like how digital <laughs> ruined everything yeah, <laughs> you know you know but the, the difference is record shops still exist uh, only as vintage you know no 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 you go in you have your vintage on one side you have your uh, oh, what was it I saw the other day? Crazy, crazy um, independent video game soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> Quite wow, a lot of money. Um, yeah, so yeah, most record stores. Like, I, I could not tell you the location of any record store. I, I don't know <laughs> if it's a little different where you are. But no, I, I, no. Yeah, look it up. You'll be surprised. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd, I'd, I'd say it's a really good analogy, except record stores still exist. <laughs> I mean, any <laughs> record store stores. that I could think of or I've ever seen is basically a second-hand record store, you know, and that's it. You know, like you, you still get second-hand computer game stores, CEX, you know. It still exists out there, and it has a massive catalogue of old video games, even down to GBA games and things like that. 
so I, I, I'm not sure I, 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 I see your point there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I guess. I don't know. I think if you're claiming any kind of um, uh, CX is not the same as a record store. <laughs> Uh, That's I've, where people yeah, you know, sell their jam-stained games <laughs> for crack money. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, you can still buy old second-hand games there. Yes, it has a stigma and a stinginess around it. And yeah, I get you. Jam-filled. Jam-filled? <laughs> jam-stained fucking controllers. Um, yeah. yeah, I yeah. get you. 100%. But at the same time, when, whenever I think of a vintage vinyl store, it is, you know, there are shabby covers, they are, you know, it's just like, it is not like newly produced fucking Japanese imports of video game soundtracks. Okay. And they are rare, rare things, so maybe I, found at like I Camden Market or something like that. Not, uh, not on the high street. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe different, maybe it's just different uh, based on where you are. But like, I'm thinking even back in Glasgow, I I knew there was a, a record store. I went, pa- went back to Glasgow like a couple of months ago and that record store is now a coffee shop like every other fucking shop in Glasgow. <laughs> you know, it's just a fucking coffee store. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I find it hard to get on board with that analogy of the the vinyl thing. What I was meaning was like the way that we're talking about physical media is similar to that of a vinyl file talking about the feel of opening up a new vinyl and uh, putting it onto <clears throat> a record player and its analog sound being vastly superior to that of digital and all that sort of stuff. Um, no, I, 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 don't, just, no, I don't think we're making that. I don't think we're making that um, that complaint at, t- at all. I don't think they're analogous. Mm, um, okay, okay. Yeah, because if, because the difference there is that you know, analog sound is better than digital. <laughs> yeah. If you talk to, if you talk to right, as is do, as is uh, pre-digital photography better than um, okay, all right. Okay, let's scrape that bit, but maybe just the actual physical audio issue as well is that you have to listen to you know the oeuvre in a in a specific order. Um, You know, so you buy a you buy an album and you have to listen to the album in that in that curated order. So there's many different arguments there. Uh, No, what I'm you know what I'm saying is that uh, yeah, it's it's impossible to do that kind of browsing that we used to do. just popping down the GameStop and, and kind of flicking the game shop and flicking through what's there or discovering that or you know okay yeah maybe I will buy the Resident Evil 4 Liberty Edition with that stupid chainsaw controller <laughs> 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 uh, you know just because uh, just because it's there whereas now um, yeah it, it's relying on digital s- storefronts which as we know are, are, are just not fantastic and then I think so obviously it's a combination of all of these things um, uh, coming into play, which to try and swing us back round to 
the pricing of games. And I think um, uh, you know your reaction to Resident Evil 4 is also, you know, particularly for PC gamers, um, is you know which we've both said many times. Oh, wait for that to come up on sale. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There's no point. Well, the only point of me buying things right now is that I can be on the. Uh, the zeitgeist. On the, yeah, the zeitgeist, yeah, or not, or to not get spoiled, or uh, to perhaps you know be part of that wave of people who are buying and playing and and discovering things at the same time. Um, but very rarely, and particularly in the day and age in which we live, when games are fucked for the first week. Mark, no, no. I mean, it. with PC games, people are fucking nuts. <laughs> it's like everybody's banging on and so excited about Cyberpunk 2077. I'm like, oh no, it's been delayed to December. And like, oh no, you're going to have to wait till December till you have to wait another two months till the game actually fucking works. You know, it's like that I mean that is just so stupid and it's the same with every other fucking Bethesda game it's like there's no point buying Fallout 5 on release wait just wait for the gold edition which has all the expansions on it as well yeah. you know just yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking wait and even then it'll still be buggy as fuck but there will be people online who will say oh in order to get around this bug all you need to do is X and then you're like, good, great. That's yeah. how you have to play these games. You cannot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very hard to get excited about a Bethesda game on launch. Oh, yeah, great. The new Elder Scrolls game. Okay, I will see you there a year after it's launch. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, it was this, and, and it's getting the same with, um, uh, with many console games, particularly those which are ported for PC. So I was talking about... Uh, um, oh my god, what was it called? The underwater one. <laughs> it's uh, it's sub- is... Subnautica. Thank you. All I can think of is Sequest DSV. Um... <laughs> on VHS. When I was looking, should I pick that up for the PS4 or, or wait till it comes out on Switch? Uh, and the complaints, you know, which still litter the, the kind of um, forums and. and um, uh, Reddit and, and whatnot from the launch of that game on the PlayStation and the Xbox, you know, which just like, it just doesn't work. So I was buying it late enough that it was it worked a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, still, still broke in a specific way. Um, and so I guess we've got that that also to contend with, right? And now, um, you know, even the latest Pokemon game, which so it was a big Nintendo release. Uh, is coming out a bit creaky, right? Well, I mean, uh, the best example of that was the one on the 3DS. Don't save in in Paris, <laughs> you know. Yeah, otherwise, don't, don't it... save in Lumiere's City. <laughs> yeah, uh, it all wipe it all it all wipe your game. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas before, uh, uh, it just come out. But then, interestingly, about uh, I'm kind of come across as a proper Nintendo fanboy, but. This is this has always been the case. Nintendo somehow managed to uh, ring fence their own first-party titles. So unlike Tomb Raider, or whatever, which goes from forty quid to ten quid in a week, um, you know Mario Kart Eight 
on the Switch, which is now a three-year-old game, still retails at CEX on Amazon for around 30 quid. Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a discount. Uh, and it was the same with um, Mario Kart 8 on the Wii U, Mario Kart Wii, which, you know, was this hugely successful game. And, and until the Wii U came out and, and um, uh, kind of superseded it, it was still second-hand at the 20 £30 um, price point. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's a very, very good point. It's like Nintendo definitely do a better job of keeping games expensive. When yeah. you co- compare it to, uh, like, Steam, um, oh, and there's actually, there's the converse to this is actually uh, GOG, good old games. Those guys that actually take games from the late 90s and things like that and make them work again on current PC. Um, so, oh, God. Uh, eh, but, yeah, and that is weird how I will happily pay a premium because I feel like there has been more work done. Whereas with Resident Evil 4 appearing on the Switch, it's like, all right, great. Fantastic work, guys. Have you done anything to it? No. Okay, cool. I No, not interested, you know? It's like it was the same remaster that came out on the PlayStation 4 and came out on the 360, um, but it's now on the Switch, and it is more expensive than it came out for on the 360 and you're just like oh but yeah okay your argument about it being portal and all portable and all that sort of stuff <laughs> being... <laughs> you download it and it's just portal it's just like yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah it, it, your argument about it being portable yes i get where you're coming from there but the the thing that bothered me was like there's been nothing more done with this game and yet it's more expensive than it was for the original remaster when it came out on the 360 and like it's hard for me to get behind it and that's what made me grumpy it's like years have passed this should be cheaper but of course on the pc that is true of most games years pass the games get cheaper because ultimately all it is is recycling and redistributing code over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, and I, I know I use Steam as the like all-powerful, every PC player uses it, all that sort of thing. I know that's not necessarily true. It's actually, it is a fraction um, of the PC gaming community, but at the same time it is... It, it, yeah. it does seem to be sort of a very good basis because you see the same thing repeated on the Epic Game Store or EA Store or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, I can take a good example of like a game that is like at the top of the storefront and the top list of like the most played game at the moment or most bought game. I love the fact that that's a thing. You know, and and unabashedly. This is the top selling game at the moment. Uh, okay, does that mean it's good? Or, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, no, it's just the top selling. All of your friends are buying this. You should want to buy it as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and like, okay, so it's Football Manager, you know, 2021. It's £40. And yeah. in, in months, that's going to like be reduced to like, you know, £25. And then, 
when Football Manager 2022 comes out, it'll be on super sale for five forty nine or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you know, the 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 physical version of all of those sports games would be, you know, as soon as whatever 2020 2021 comes out the you know the the old bargain bins yeah would just be like 90 percent fifa 2019 <laughs> yeah maybe you'd, you know maybe you'd find a copy of you know dead space and uh pokemon coliseum but 99 percent of those yeah. games would be you could see like like yeah. a borat sketch of like him going in and just sort of trying to sell his version of fifa 19 behind yeah. is just nothing but a cex board of nothing but yeah. fifa yeah. 19 you know yeah. for yeah. whatever platform yeah yeah and they're you know they're buying them back for like nothing pay you have to pay them to take off to take the the old sports game off of your hands because yep. you know it's 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 uh, redundant but i guess on on your um sorry had you finished uh maybe go on <laughs> <laughs> i guess on your on your mentioning of steam um, the two things came to mind one of which uh, um and i think gamers of our generation in particular are really bad at this is we are just thinking about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so yes, I have bought Resident Evil 4 two times before. Um, but you know, there are people who are, you know, were not alive when it originally came, <laughs> came out and are now of the age to buy and play it. Although is it 18 or 15? It's an 18, okay. So they're not even old enough yet. <laughs> I, I 15. I mean, we can argue about ratings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just saying, yeah, yeah. You know, this is this. So there's a certain element of these games are coming to a new audience, right? Um, uh, and just because you've already bought it twice, and just because you remember what you paid for it, um, because you've been playing games for thirty years, um, shouldn't necessarily apply to everybody. And then yeah. lastly. Um, and you are a walking, talking example of this. I am also guilty of this. We've got this broken, broken mentality, right? There is no so little value associated with games that um, we have more. We, most of us personally own more games than we could ever, ever play. Some of which we never even touch. And yep. So it just seems ridiculous to be on the one hand complaining about value for things we will never uh, access or play um, uh, and to me that you know the combination of that there is there is currently infinite amount of games hours of games to play arguably not quite you know a smaller infinite um, that you can play for free as long as you've got some machine to play it on um, and yet at the same time we're all just collecting these vast digital libraries and yet still have the goal um, you know you're, you're not alone to get angry at the price of games and I, and I, I just remember for, for years and years and years uh, you know PC gamers just wouldn't pay premium prices anymore you know just any any game that came out of it no, no, like, absolutely you know. I mean I'm looking right now and in fact, I have a whole bunch of things in my um, wishlist cart. Ah, shit. Oh, well. 
I missed that. Uh, there was a Halloween sale, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> which apparently ended a few hours ago. <laughs> oh well, guess I'm not Live buying the them then. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out wait I don't want these year, games. <laughs> yeah. It'll be even cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or wait till Christmas, the next fucking sale that happens. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there you go. That, that's a fucking prime example. Didn't want to buy these games. There's 152 games sitting on my wish list. On my wish list. Just so that when they do get cheap, I get notified. You know, like, oh, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll pick up this game for, you know, $7.99 when it's usually 40 quid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's, it's a weird meta game in itself. You know, it's like, do I feel like I'm cheating the system? I like, or indeed, like, <sighs> there's a weird thing I have. I hate TK Maxx. Um, now, okay. there's a reason I hate TK Maxx, and that is, yeah. it says everything is on sale. Nothing is on sale. You know, it is. It says, look at this thing. It, you know, it was £40. Like, every fucking ticket in TK Maxx says was £40 is now £7.99. Fucking same pricing as the fucking <laughs> Steam example. You know, and, <laughs> and then you, you're like, oh, look at that. That's 33 quid off. Or 32 quid off. Do the maths right, Richie. Um, and like, well, then that's a bargain. And, and there's so many people get suckered into that, you know? Um, that you just it's... remind us how many games you've downloaded on Steam and not Shop, shop, shop. Let me get to my point. Okay. <laughs> the point is, like, everything in TK Maxx, everybody thinks, is a bargain. When, in fact, it's not. It is just, you know, it was at one point in its history. And we know fashion changes. Fashion changes from season to season. It was at one point forty pounds. It is now seven ninety nine because TK Maxx has bought a whole bunch of them, and they can make money at selling it seven ninety nine. It doesn't matter if some other retailer was selling it at forty quid. TK Maxx are selling it for eight quid. Good for them, great, but just don't go into TK Maxx thinking you're getting a fucking bargain. That's what bugs me, you know. Yes, okay. I understand the sheer hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent here. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, <laughs> literally, just complained about the fact that you missed the Halloween Steam sale. Okay, but again, go back to Steam. Yeah. The reason I don't want to buy things at full price anymore is because. Yeah. What is the price? And what is the fucking price of the game? Is it... It's... Is it genuinely just... It's Steam price? Uh, sorry, it's yeah. uh, Steam holiday sale price? Or is it actually, you know, the price that they just leave it up at for the, you know, remaining 51 weeks of the year or until the next Steam sale? Now, isn't that just like... Isn't that just your rabid... Um, consumptionist talking because now the actual quality length artistry of the game is we're not even you're not even talking about that but right? you're talking about 
I got this thing um, <laughs> for, for slightly cheaper than I think I should have done, even though I'm probably... No, 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 that's not my point. My, my point is, if you if you go into the Steam store right now, yeah. you will see yeah. a game for £40. I don't want to buy that for £40. Right. Oh, even if I do want the game, because I now know regardless it will be made cheaper at a sale and what makes me think you know or because of my conspiratorial nature i kind of feel like that sale price is actually the price that they're getting to make money at and everything else is a price hike and a bonus do you know what i mean and it's it's not i i don't know are you even thinking about the game itself and 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 i guess that's the other no, yeah, I mean, like, it could be we've like we've just got layers of ridiculousness, right? Because and you you mentioned it just then, um, because many games are multi-hour experiences. Um, you don't know what the game's going to be like until you play it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, it's I know. But always like, like a prospect. No, there are games you can be excited about. There could be like, uh, I don't know. Let's say Football Manager twenty twenty one. I know that lots of people are going to buy that and think. Yeah, I fucking love Football Manager. I really want to play the new Football Manager. I'm going to buy that for £40. And yeah. you're like, right, okay, good. But is that the price of the game? Why are you paying £40 for it? You know, because ultimately in a sale, you're going to see it reduced by 25%, 50% or whatever, you know. And they're probably going to make more sales on that at that point. Which makes me to take it back to the, the the jumper for eight quid in TK Maxx analogy. What is the real price there? You know, forty quid was never the real price. You know, forty quid is something to say that it is reduced from. The real price is how much you're paying for it. So yeah. the real pi- price of Football Manager is, you know, twenty quid. But everything else is just, uh, you know, uh, like a bonus. You know, it is like additional wheel money. Yeah, but I guess your TK Maxx example is not a good one. Because unless you buy that jumper and then you just put it in your cupboard and never look at it or get it out again or touch it, um, then... Because that's what's going on with games, right? Yeah. You know what you know what the jumper is worth to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, look, value and price. I understand there's a difference between the value and price, and yes, a, you value, a, yeah, as I, an item that you would use. What do you mean, like, like as the game, like, oh yeah, and. and maybe me, I'm not the best example, but I that that football manager fan who's gonna buy it on release and i i get annoyed because they want to buy it on release it's like it's is it's you're paying far too much of a premium for it yeah why are you you paying (laughs) yeah what you should do is wait for it to come to a sale and then never download it well yeah yeah no no look you're (laughs) <laughs> you're tying me in. There are I do play no, quite a few of the games. I know. <laughs> because, yeah, but I I'm not I'm not picking on you because I think you're 
exceptional or weird. In fact, you're you know you're probably on the less mental extreme as as many Steam users who just just you know it's the tropes and memes about having hundreds of thousands of games you know that that you will just never play and and to me that's just a sign of how little um value we now associate with games generally speaking and but again maybe it just goes back to that point that i was sort of saying that you you don't own the game you own the the right to play the game so all you're paying for is that that license to play it you know the the permission to play it and that's why i think that collective nature comes into play it's just like oh i want to be able to have the option to play it and i'll pay that much for it i might not play it but i want to have the option to say that i own you know this whatever game it is and there are games that i own across several platforms because I just wanted to replay it on the PC or, 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 you know, say that I have it for the PC because, you know, I might be able to get mods for it or whatever else, you know. It's yeah. just that choice there. There is that choice, but but because there's so little value in getting those games, there is no way that you could realistically ever go back to all of those games. And so I would... <clears throat> I would argue, in fact, some in some cases I'd say I would might even prefer if games got more expensive and stayed more expensive, um, because I think you know the the number of times we've talked about, well, we keep going back to you know these formative games that we that we played growing up when you would get a handful of games a year and so you would spend. You know, you would actually play. You know, we're talking about having games that we have not played as just a regular thing. You know, if I, if I could go back in time and say to my younger self, you know, oh, don't worry about, uh, you know, only having two or three games for the N sixty four. In the future, you will just acqu- you'll have so many games that you cannot play them all. So I, think, <laughs> I think having devaluing them so much. Um, First of all, it means that, you know, there's a reason why the game industry is a fucking mess, right? It's a, it's a total fucking mess. Um, rare is it that a any kind of um, uh, development studio has any kind of permanence, right? It's boom bust. You know, you worked in it. Um, it's always, you know, how good's the last game going to do? Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, we're going to have to dissolve the studio. Uh, some of our team will go off and make their own studio and they'll work on their game. And or we're going, going to get partially games. absorbed by EA. Yeah, 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 yeah. right? Um, uh, and, it, you know, any idea of unionisation just seems to be fighting an uphill struggle for, for whatever reason. Um, so I would, I'd prefer, I'd actively prefer if um, games were, you had to think a little bit more about which games you were picking up they cost a bit more, a bit more money went back to the development studios. So they weren't just living on, you know, okay, we're remortgaging our houses to get this game out of the door, or, you know, we're going to crunch to get it out because uh, I mean, the company, yeah, the company but- goes under. Then, then the ridiculous situation we're in now, where there is infinite amounts of gaming hours to be had, 
at a time when uh, games are ridiculously cheap and and most of them sit unplayed. Yeah, there, there's a lot more machinations going behind and it's not just about that initial launch as well. Distribution rights and, and sometimes developers, despite them being um, released on new platforms or different gaming platforms, um, just the developers don't even see that money. Distribution rights change and um, yeah, I mean, it, it is wrong and it's weird, but how are we to know better? Like, well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, that's another part of it, right? If there's, yeah. if there's a little bit more um, money in the games industry, perhaps it'd be a little bit more uh, professional and perhaps people would do these things properly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when somebody yeah, right. can churn out a little indie gem and get more, you know, money than the, the you know, the biggest EA um, shenanigans yeah. going out, then it's just gonna, it's 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 not gonna be a thing. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, unfortunately, that um, we all know this. Uh, it is whatever. Not point. Not 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 one percent of indie games will end up being your axiom verges or your whatever yeah 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 uh, no no no, no. I, I don't get me wrong i, I get that but like yeah. um per head creation like so like your triple a titles that have you know your big uh, assassin's creeds or your uh whatever else your gods of war which have you know bigger credits than the biggest blockbuster movie credits of people who've worked on it whereas an indie game which has had three people work on it per head they're making more money even if it doesn't sell anywhere near as good as as the as the um the triple a title and and that's why this skew exists in in the in the games industry you know um for pricing Like, why would a big AAA title, which has a massive amount of people, let's say it has a thousand people working on it, you know, how much return are they going to get? They're not actually going to get any return because they're just being paid for their time. They're a cog in the wheel. The return comes from whether or not the studio continues to make more stuff. It doesn't matter who the artists are or who the developers are in any fashion the difference is that in the same playing field where you see football manager 2001 with a thousand credits in there you'll still see i don't know an among us with you know 20 30 people um in the titles making as much or as more money per head you know um than 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 the big, you know, triple A titles. Like, there is definitely a skew there. Uh, that's what I was trying to get across. Well, what's the skew? I'm oh, sorry, I'm not. I'm just not following. Oh, I don't know how many ways to explain this. Like, what's what is skewed? I don't. What's skewed? The value or the price of a game which has a thousand people. Yeah. can end up being the same price as yeah. an indie game which is made by three people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's yes. that weird skew. So if you have a great big budget EA game or Sega game or whatever it is versus yeah. a little tiny studio, you know, yeah. two worlds or whatever it is, it there there's going to be a massive skew because why are you know the AAA people doing what they're doing? when it's not necessary to make games and I suppose that's why we have these uh, different distributions and uh, ways of doing it. I, I don't know I mean I, I'm kind of losing my own point by repeating it over and over and over okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean I don't think yeah, I don't think it has any bearing on um, uh, on uh, the, the why games are so devalued so quickly and so easily um yeah. Why have big budget games? Well, because uh, you know they deliver that that spectacle of experience. It's the same is true of films, right? Yeah. Well, no, no. You I... know. Yeah, you know. Um, that if you are the blockbuster and you throw a shit ton of marketing money at it, um, you will make X amount back. Um, on you know return on investment, but but the games industry, with some exceptions, doesn't seem geared up like that. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. Yeah, 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 um, absolutely. Yeah, which is you know, whereas, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it needs. I don't know what it needs. Like, you know, does it need some price fixing cartel where the you know the games industry is just like, come on, we are just we're we're providing so much content. Uh, and and the competition at the competition at the moment, right, is is your Fortnite's uh, that stupid one with the fucking spacesuits that everyone seems to be playing at the moment. Um, Among us. So to look at that, <laughs> and, yeah. So to look at that and say, okay, let's try and do the same. But obviously now we're working two years behind. Um, uh, to try and capture a percentage. Of those, you know, the silly numbers of people playing it. Yeah, um, yeah. Of course, the battle royales was a massive fad, and it still yeah. kind of exists, you know. Yeah, but that's just, yeah, it's just how. Um, I don't know. It's like schoolboy football. I think <laughs> you know when you know, it's instead of having a uh, when, when people when kids in the playground are playing football, everyone's just running after the fucking ball, right? There's no formation, there's no strategy. Um, but if one team you know, did actually implement some kind of strategy, then they, then they'd win, and and that seems um, it seems to be the case in, in in gaming. Not everywhere, but you know, there are these these kind of trends where everyone's just running after the same football. Um, <laughs> be it you know VR, okay, everyone's doing VR, okay, that was shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now you know. Now we're kind of doing um, now we've got, you know, battle royales, and and then at the moment it's okay. Now we're doing um, you know basically silly party games, silly online party games. Well, yeah, I mean there's the the COVID need for that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas if if you know there was a kind of moment of realization you go, okay let's let's just not try and sell each other out all the time 
by you know releasing a huge game for free and then I'm going to compete with you by releasing a huge game for free and run it as a games as a service and you know people will be happy to pay for nothing but even then people gamers complain about free games and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like there's no such thing as a free game so you gotta be you know you gotta be yeah you know so i don't I, you know i don't obviously we've not solved anything but but um uh, i don't see how you know this is obviously an unsustainable um future for the games industry uh, and particularly at the moment when we're seeing um you know, a bit of a crush on your non-typical uh, industries with the pandemic. Um, it has the potential to, you know... Oh, it definitely does. Situation. I mean, like, of all the industries, this is probably one of the best ones that can actually thrive within that work-from-home scenario, you know? Oh, <laughs> I was talking you upset. No, 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 it definitely is. Like, uh, group collaboration, uh, it definitely... It's a necessity, but I would say that most people can work from home. If they have a powerful enough PC that they can plug into, you're talking, yeah, work from home is not an issue. I think the games industry can definitely thrive uh, in collaborative sort of uh, mediums. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's too much of an issue. Uh, but anyway, I think... I, I, yeah, I think Game Studios is just going to disappear because... Um... Well, I think um, virtualization of game studios is definitely gonna uh, be more of a thing. But I, I, I think that we, during this pandemic, I think we'll have seen a lot more pop up, and I think we'll see a lot more people who have the ability to create and make more games. Not necessarily AAA titles. Don't get me wrong, um, but we will see more games on the market caused by the COVID. Um, uh, what's it called? Um, pandemic, as opposed to TV programs, you know, like nobody wants to see another fucking panel show with HD TVs instead of fucking people, you know. It's um, but with games, people can collaborate on the cloud and create things very, very easily. It's practically what we do in studios already, so I, I don't think that's too much of an issue, but. I think we financial solvency. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, like yeah, yeah. Lack no. of lack of unionization and uh, collapse of distribution. They, they, they might be shite games, and and the the product uh, management and project management will have to be fucking special to get it to get over the line and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I I think uh, there will definitely be a a boom, especially in the indie sphere, because I think most indies do already work in that kind of um, virtual work environment. Anyway, I think we need to bring this to a close because as much as we're rambling, we're kind of very much off topic about the price of games. <laughs> so Farley, are games too expensive? No, opposite. Too cheap. Too cheap. Okay. I think they're too expensive. <laughs> Uh, have you worked on uh, an ending for the podcast? It's right about now that I think, man, we should have really worked on an ending for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we really, really need to do that. Yeah. Maybe, 
I don't know. I like that. Uh, I like the sign off on the art one, which was kind of like fuck this podcast. Spoilers, guys. Uh, yeah. I thought. I thought it was a bit violent. A bit violent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the dog licked your hand. Um. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I guess. Uh, I mean, it seems a bit. Buy Resident Evil Four. But buy Resident Evil Four and pay tip. Send Fiverr, buy it for fifteen ninety nine in the Switch store, and then email a five pound note to Capcom. It's a good uh, game. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Resident Evil Four needs to uh, get more likes and subscribers, and uh, people can donate to their Patreon, and they can then see uh, Leon with his top off. If they are part of the Diamond Patreon Kickstarter uh, club, and and yeah, Psycho should be fifty p because it's old and shit. <laughs>